All right. Hey, once again, this is Keith Johnson on 97.3 The Rattler and 1340 AM The Bull with our very first Mark J. Victor and Attorneys for Freedom Law Firm presentation of Peace Radicals. Yeah, we're excited to get the uh, show going and having our very first uh, edition, I guess you could call it, the very first show of Peace Radicals. Spectacular. Welcome welcome to the Radio Ranch, Mark. How, it, how are you? I'm fantastic, and it's, uh, it's a real honor to be working with you guys and to be kicking off this really huge project, and I'm excited to get going. Great. We're excited about it, and I, we know the listeners are going to be excited to hear all about it. So, uh, gosh, Mark, uh, tell us, uh, what's the law firm all about? How does it all tie in with Peace Radicals? Well, it's, uh, I guess it's sort of been a lifelong mission of mine. I can remember as a, uh, as a little kid, I've always really been interested in what should the rules of the world be? And so this right. is what really drove me to be a criminal defense lawyer. I can, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to do criminal defense law. And so, uh, you know, I guess I started out mostly as a... Um, you know, a Ronald Reagan guy, right. Rush Limbaugh kind of guy, and uh, very conservative. And I always liked when they talked about individual responsibility. You know, you should, rugged individualism was the term. And right. it really appealed to me. You know, I didn't, I didn't need anybody's help. I was uh, still young enough to, as we say in the Marine Corps, piss vinegar, right? <laughs> right. And so, uh, you know, in fact, I joined the Marine Corps. I wanted that to be on my resume, wanted to change the world, maybe be president of the United States someday. And... Uh, had a great experience in the Marine Corps, served some time in uh, Desert Storm, which you may remember thank started you for your out. Service. Oh, th th thank you. Um, you may remember started out as Desert Desert Shield and then turned into indeed. Desert Storm. So I had that adventure. Graduated from ASU, went to law school in California, and that's where I met Professor Butler Schaefer, and he rocked my world. Wow. He, yeah, he just totally got me to think about the world differently. In, uh, in a more principled way. You know, he presented this idea of uh, non-aggression. Basically, right. he said, look, I, I think that uh, we could organize the world in a way that uh, was still efficient and raised standards of living and all this and that without hitting each other over the head. There's right. a way we can voluntarily cooperate. And, uh, you know, frankly, for the last 26 years, as I've been practicing law, I've been kicking that around. Right. And uh, he really turned me into a freedom guy. I like the idea of individual responsibility and free markets in a free society. And so, um, you know, after practicing many years with the law firm of Mark J. Victor, we started expanding. And I thought, you know, I, uh, I want to work with other pro-freedom lawyers. And so I changed the name of the law firm to the Attorneys for Freedom. And, uh, you know, we're in Chandler and right. I don't hire lawyers unless they're pretty hardcore pro freedom. In fact, I, I've given them uh, what we first called the freedom pledge. I wrote down a whole bunch of principles. I thought, look, if we're going to be the attorneys for freedom, uh, I'd be a fraud for me to put lawyers out there who weren't actually for freedom. And so what does it mean to be for freedom? Right. right. So, so you came up with culture statement. Yeah, we, we sat down and we, we came up with this freedom pledge. And I wrote it in a way that if you're, if you're really for freedom, you, you'll agree with all this stuff. And if you're really not, you can't possibly agree. So now when lawyers call me and say, hey, Mark, you know, I'm interested in working for your law firm, I send them this pledge. And I say, do you agree with every single word on this thing? Because if you don't, you're not eligible for hire here. That's great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, frankly, um, over the years, I've been frustrated with politics. I mean, if you're not frustrated with politics, you're not paying attention right. today. Yeah, you know, the, the left is frustrated. The right is frustrated. 
And, uh, you know, it really occurs to me they're not that different, right? Well... They're a little bit different. Right wing and left wing, both part of the same bird. Part of the same bird of prey, right? Yep. And, and here's the, what I think is the difference. You know, the, um, both of them agree they have every right to boss you around. Both of them agree they can take your money and spend it on whatever the hell they want to spend it on. Right. Both of them agree they can tell you what the heck to do. The only thing they're disagreeing on is what things they want to boss you into. <laughs> right. That's it. I mean, the right... Uh, okay, the right wants to give you a little bit more freedom to spend your money how you want, a little bit better on the economic freedoms. But on the civil liberty side, they still haven't figured out legalization of marijuana. When is the right going to figure out legalization of... This is the most basic... If you can't figure that competent adults should be in charge of whatever the hell they want to put in the bo- in their own body, right. don't talk to me about freedom. Right. So to me, the right... And what are, who are they to tell gay people what they can do in their bedroom or whether we can gamble or if you want to feel like a competent adult wants to check out because they've got some horrible medical condition and hire someone to do youth and who are they to tell me what to do i don't want them telling me how to pray or not pray or whether i should pray or whether i shouldn't stay out of my business is what i got to say to the right that's the first penny said i think and you know the left they get they're better at this. The left don't understand, but the left wants to take my money. The left doesn't understand that I look. My money is part of my freedom too. I trade. Right. I used my time and I, I, I acquired that money peacefully. Assuming I acquired it peacefully, it's my money. I, you got. I know the world is filled with lots of great causes. There are poor people and there's medical research needed and there's all kinds of great causes and the left has decided what things I should spend my money on. I'm sorry, I don't want to be bossed around by either the left or the right. Or the right, correct. Yeah, so I'm frustrated right. with both of them. And uh, I know, share these things with my daughter all the time. Yeah, and you know, okay, there are the libertarians and they have a very good principle uh, but there are things about the way that the libertarians have presented themselves and presented the movement that, frankly, just hasn't been effective, right? I mean, right. look, if they were going to be effective, they would have been effective. Right. And uh, they just put Joe Jorgensen up. Very nice lady. She understands things. Not the best of debaters. But they didn't get on the ballot. And they don't get many votes. Right. And most people have never even heard of the libertarians. Why haven't they heard of the libertarians, right? And so I think there's a quite a bit of marketing problems there uh, people don't really understand what they're about and, and frankly they're just not presenting their position i think in a professional way and really it's only about freedom right. and i'm more interested in peace than i am freedom you can't get to peace until you first achieve freedom and let me give you an example keith what i'm talking about here i i think that um you and i could be neighbors and um Imagine that I come out of my home every day and I say, oh, screw you, Keith. I I hate your guts, whatever. I hope you have a rotten day. And you say, yeah, same to you, Mark. I don't like you either. But neither of us trespasses on the other. We scrupulously respect each other's right to decide what to do with their own property. I would say you and I are living in freedom. We're not controlling each other. No. But we're damn sure not at peace. True. We're not at peace. Peace requires more than you need for freedom, right? So for right. freedom, what you need is you need to be in charge of yourself. You need to be in charge of your body, your money, your property, and your time. If you're in charge of those things, you've achieved freedom, but you haven't achieved peace. Peace requires 
what I call sort of aspirational values. Freedom requires changing the law, right? Right. We need to change the law. We just got here in Arizona, we just got some more freedom by changing the law. Prop 207 came through. Don't you love it when the state gives you a freedom back? Yeah, I know. Who, who like, are they to take our freedoms like, in the first place? You you guys are agents of ours. The concealed carry freedom they gave us back a few, few years they're ago. They're supposed to be... I was very happy. Yeah, right. We need a permission slip. Right. I mean, they, they're supposed to be protecting our freedoms. They're our agents, right? Correct. We give them rights right. to do right. things to protect us. We don't go to the government and beg for rights. Our government considers it a rustic thought at this point. Yeah, so, sorry, that's not how our nation was founded. <laughs> no, exactly. And very clearly, no, none of the founding exactly. fathers of our nation or framers of the Constitution thought that the government had all the rights no. and that we would go to the government and request a permission slip. Can we please do this? Can we please do that? That's not how any of them thought this worked. No. What they thought was... Individuals have rights, right? right? They call these natural rights. And then we delegate those rights to the government to do things that we could do. Correct. So I can't delegate a right to somebody to do something that I can't do. So for example, you know, Keith, if I can't take your property because that would be theft, right. well, I don't get to delegate that to the government. Right. To where the government gets a right to take your property from you is beyond me because right. none of us together Likewise. have that right to delegate to the government. So... You know, because we, we at our firm have been trying hard as, as uh, freedom activists to change things, and things are changing in some regard, right? In some ways, we're getting more free. Take the marijuana thing, for example. Right. Um, this didn't happen because politicians woke up in the morning and decided, you know, the people need more freedom. No. Th- this happened because the people right. changed their attitudes. They woke up and said, you know what, this drug war on people who smoke a plant, peacefully smoking a plant, saying they're back in, this is stupid. It's, Giant it, waste of money. It, at it's least. a waste of money. It's ruining <laughs> why This is really, really dumb. Right. And so they changed their mind. And then the spineless politicians who for years have been supporting the drug war recognize that, well, if Through I want to be, lobbyists, if I want to be voted back in, if I want money donated to my campaign, I better change my attitude about marijuana. And that's the way the world changes. When people change their hearts and their minds about what they believe, the world then changes. And that's the only way it changes. You can't sneak somebody into office. You can't just, it's not a matter of getting the right person voted in. It's a matter of getting enough people to change their hearts and minds. And so what do we need them to change their hearts and minds on? We need them to accept a certain principle that we call the live and let live principle. Imagine Keith, if I said, hey Keith, you know, um, if you said to me, hey Mark, what are your thoughts on politics? And I said, look, dude, I'm for live and let live. Right. Is there any, who's not for live and let live? Nobody I can think of. Have you ever met somebody, if you said, hey, you know, I'm a live and let live kind of guy. And they say, oh no, screw that. (laughs) I am definitely not for live and let live. Well, which part of it is the problem? Right. Is it that you don't like, that you don't want to live or that you just won't allow another person to live? Right. And so, you know, when you throw out sort of this live and let live idea, almost everybody says, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Can we start with fundamental principles. I think live and let live is an important principle. That's why we're starting the live and let live movement. This is going to be a global peace movement that we're intending to kick off in October of 2021. So we're in a very early stage and it's nice that the listeners of this program are hearing about 
the Live and Let Live movement very early, a year almost before it kicks off. And we're going to kick it off with the Live and Let Live conference. It's going to be in Honolulu, Hawaii. Spectacular. On Oahu. And the dates, in fact, you can get information about this by going to the liveandletlive.org website. Just go in liveandletlive.org. You'll see tons of information about the upcoming, soon to be kicked off, Live and Let Live Global Peace Movement. And wow. so you have to define. That is exciting. Yeah, I mean, look, it's great to say I'm for Live and Let Live, I'm and other people say, and they say I'm for Live and Let Live too. But until we put a little context into what does Live and Let Live actually mean, right. we don't get too far, right? So, okay, what could it mean? If it means anything, it means we shouldn't aggress against others, right? right. I mean, am I, am I following the live and let live rule if I'm hitting you over the head? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Probably not. Probably. I mean, I don't know that we could argue that. So if it right. means anything, it means that you absolutely should not be an initiator of aggression. Well, that's always wise. But, you know, being a lawyer, we know we got to break that down too. What the, heck, what the heck do you mean by aggression? So look, aggression is definitely force, right? I mean, if I put my fist in your face, then right. I'm definitely aggressing. I think we could also say fraud is aggression. Fraud right. is a is a sort of sub variety of aggression, and so is coercion. You know, I'm sure. I'm coercing yeah. you into doing something. So right. if live and let live means anything, it de- definitely means you shouldn't be an aggressor, which means you should never be an initiator of force or fraud or coercion. Can we agree on that, Keith? I think it's a sound principle. It's only the most unreasonable people that would not agree with this. (laughs) Right. We should be able to take a blood oath and say, for the rest of my life, I agree never to initiate force or fraud or coercion against another person. Would you agree to that, Keith? I pretty much live my life that way. The people listening to this show should listen, should agree to that as well. We should all be able to swear a blood oath I will forever, the, no, I don't know how many days I got left on the planet, but for the rest of them, I will never initiate force, fraud, or coercion. Now, you've noticed I've thrown in the word initiate, right? Right. Because look, I'm not a pacifist. No. I believe in self-defense, right? right? If somebody else is initiating force, well, that's a different story. Right. You got every right to defend yourself. Well, sure. Or, or to hire an agent to defend you, right? right? Right. Interestingly about self-defense, though, if you really think about self-defense properly, what you're recognizing yet another concept here, we don't have to actually wait until somebody's fist hits your face. No, inalienable rights don't have rules of engagement like that. Well, we at least recognize <laughs> that a someone else who creates a substantial and imminent risk, right? If I walk over to you with a clenched fist and I say, you know, Keith, I'm going to punch you in the face right now. And you see me with the fist and I bring my hand back and I'm getting ready to smack you. You don't have to wait until no, I've got a reasonable expectation the, you're going to Yes, move the along reason that. for that is once <laughs> I create a substantial risk of aggression, we can act. Right. And I think the same is true for the live and let live principle, right? If you really think about it, if right. somebody is creating a substantial risk of force, fraud, or coercion, we should do everything that we can possibly do to stop that. I think that's perfectly fair. What if we could build the world? What if we could build the legal system of the world out on that one live and let live principle? And Keith, I I know we got to go to break. We do. but, But you know what? I can assure you we can build the entire civilized world, entire legal system, a justice system built around that one concept. And if we want to have any hope 
of ever achieving freedom and peace. This is exactly what we have to do. There is no other way to do it. You cannot support aggression in the law. You can never support initiating aggression against another person and say correctly that you are for either freedom or for peace. So if you're on our team, if you like freedom and you like peace, one thing that we know for sure that you got to do is agree not to be an initiator of aggression. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me, but I'm a big Bruce Lee fan, so... Okay, but you know, even if you talk to Bruce Lee, I think what Bruce Lee would say is, I'm not an initiator of force. That's exactly what he was saying. If someone else is an initiator, I'm going to follow it up, right? Yeah, no, that's his whole defense system was in that six or seven Yes, defense is different. Yeah, correct. We we should be for a strong defense. And we got to go to break. So uh, once again, this is uh, Attorneys for Freedom Law Firm, Mark Victor and the Peace Radicals. Yeah, let's cover it on the other side of the break. We will indeed, and this is 97.3 The Rattle, 1340 AM, The Bull. Okay, and we're once again, if you're just tuning in, we're back again with Mark J. Victor, Attorneys for Freedom Law Firm, and Peace Radicals, the very first show. So, uh, Mark, uh, why don't you recap a little and tell everybody that's just joining us what uh, what, what we've been chatting about here. What's Priest Radicals all about? Yeah, it's um, we're definitely talking about the the new Live and Let Live movement that is soon to be launched in October of 2021. And uh, it's something that uh, my firm, the Attorneys for Freedom Law Firm, is very much involved in. We we are we're definitely. Uh, lawyers, we practice law. We're very busy. We're capitalists. I think money's important. I think people should make as much as they peacefully can make. And this right. is all good. It helps society when people make money in a, uh, a free trade kind of system. It's a win-win deal, right? It's good for right. the person spending it, good for the person receiving it. As long as there's no force, fraud, or coercion, as much trade as we can get, that's a good thing. But you know, uh, as important as money is, it's really truly not the most important thing. I know well, people it's say that. It's just a matter of our trade. It's yeah, I mean, what it, we use is- if you think about things that are more important than money, uh, your health, for example, yeah, right? Much, how right. much does money? How much did money help Steve Jobs? Right, right. There you I go. mean, money is simply not as important. And he said so in the end. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, I mean, if you think about this at all, you don't have to think about it very long. You'll determine that money is not as important as health. Also, freedom. Right. I can tell you that twenty-six years representing people in criminal defense cases, your freedom is more important than your money. Right, personal happiness. Yeah, and I can tell you, when people come into my office and they're looking at losing their freedom, what they're they're not concerned about their money. They'll spend whatever they think they need to spend if they believe reasonably that it will save them from losing their freedom. And I understand that position. Um, I've been in that position myself. Anybody who's ever been arrested or charged with a crime and has had a real fear about losing their freedom, they will tell you freedom is more important than money. I think there are some other things too, just uh, real quick. I think, you know, your integrity, at least it is to me, more important than money. I can't imagine somebody making a bunch of money and thinking as they go to bed at night, man, what a jerk I am. And um, you know, I'm acting inconsistently or something like that. I, I don't know. Right. I, I think integrity is much more important than money. And then I right. also think, uh, you know, the quality of your relationships is more important, right? Imagine having 
tons of money, beautiful house, Ferraris and Lamborghinis and no real friends to, to show them off to, right? Right, right. I mean, what a horrible hell that would be. So yeah, I think but, a lot of people that are in that position have those problems yeah. too. You know? And so, you know, we this isn't lost on us as attorneys at the Attorneys for Freedom Law Firm. Freedom is more important to us than is money. So as much as we love being uh, attorneys and we fight hard for people at our firm, this is not a place that you come and uh, you want someone to hold your hand and walk you through the system. That's not right. what we do. I got a wild pack of wolves foaming at the mouth uh, to try cases at this firm. We like fighting these cases. We like fighting the government. We like holding them to their proof. We like especially representing people charged with things that other lawyers sometimes will turn down. Right. Uh, we feel very strongly about due process at this firm. Before the government gets to put somebody in a cage, they are entitled to a full and fair hearing with the I's dotted and the T's crossed. And that's what we do at our firm. But that's spectacular. we're activists. Right. We, we want to leave the world better than we found it. That's a big burning desire of uh, myself. It has been for many years. And it is for the lawyers who work at this firm. And actually, it's, it's really not just the lawyers. I know we're called the Attorneys for Freedom, but I got paralegals here and other... Uh, people even work at the front desk who are really believers in a free society and peace. And so right. what we're doing with this Live and Let Live movement is trying to leave the world a better, much better place than we found it. And we've got uh, other people we're working with around the world. We have people in Poland and we have people in Italy and we have people who are a group in Singapore. In fact, we're planning on some conferences, not just in Hawaii in October of 2021, and not just in uh, Arizona in October of 2021, we're right now in talks to put another Live and Let Live conference in Singapore, maybe in December of 2021. And then we are working on a conference in Italy or Italia, as they wow. say there, uh, with a good friend of mine. He's a, um, a Roman uh, criminal lawyer, a big pro-freedom guy named Alessandro Fusilo. And uh, Alessandro is putting together a Live and Let Live conference with a whole bunch of people in Italy who have had enough of socialist government and right. bureaucracy and craziness and really want to chart a course to a free society and a peaceful world. So there will likely be a Live and Let Live conference in maybe April or May of 2022 in Italy. And then we're planning uh, one in New Zealand, probably in December of 2022, and then one in Australia, probably at the very beginning, like January of 2023. Wow, and so this has to be a world movement because, you know, we were yeah, talking... It really is global. Yeah, we were talking at the beginning about um, really uh, comparing and contrasting a little with sort of the libertarian vision. Right. And libertarians like to talk about a free society, and that's great. A free society is really great. But, you know, we're living in now a, a, um, a world where we got to start thinking about a free world and about a peaceful world because look at what we're right. suffering with right now, right? This corona thing, somebody did something in China that created a huge problem here. Right. Our technology continues to march at an alarmingly fast rate. And, you know, generally people love technology and it's improved standards of living and I think that will continue. But at the same time, this has allowed smaller and smaller groups of people to do greater and greater harm around the world, right? Just because you've got the technology to do it doesn't mean we should. Right. right. I mean, what, what's going to happen when uh, people around the world can synthesize new 
uh, viruses and bacteria that they can start sending new and more deadly pandemics around. I mean, what right. if this happens outside our country? Should we have nothing to say about it? Right. Or we got nukes everywhere. What happens when it's easy, when the technology is such that it's easy? And anybody can build a nuke on their own in their garage over the weekend. Do we want that situation? We're there now, I we, think. Well, we're almost <laughs> there now. I mean, I, there are certainly people in the world who, if they had nukes, would like nothing better than to blow up the world. Now, right. This is a small minority of people, but... You know, with smaller and smaller numbers of people can do greater and greater harm. Right. And, you know, we have artificial intelligence, which at some point will be coming online and could be um, a lot of people think that there are risks uh, based on how artificial intelligence is being researched and developed that bad things could happen and uh, we may need to get a handle on things. Yeah, so we, we Not need... the least of which the economics for employees. Yeah, you know, as a species... Us humans, our brothers and sister human beings, we need to coalesce around something important. We need, we're in a bit of a race right now. It's urgent that we get uh, our heads out of our you-know-whats, and we need to start making peace around the world. We need to stop with all the stupid issues like, uh, should we legalize this plant called marijuana? What right. are we and whether boys kissing you want clean should, air you want clean water we, need, we got big Obviously, problems you want clean water. we got big problems right. we got to start addressing and we need to coalesce around a fundamental principle and that's why this i think live and let live principle and by the way there are already ways to say live and let live around the world in different languages this is a phrase that really all reasonable people agree with and i think the construction of what it means that we just talked about in the last segment you know if it means anything it means you can't be an aggressor right and aggression aggression has to include initiating force fraud or coercion against other people and also the substantial threat right somebody who creates a huge threat of this i think violates the live and let live rule so i mean just to recap a little bit maybe for people who weren't listening uh, that this new Live and Let Live movement is getting ready to kick off in October of 2021. It all revolves around the Live and Let Live principle, which basically means you shouldn't be an initiator of aggression. And we define aggression as force or fraud or coercion. So you can't do that. And if you do, the law should say, we're going to stop you immediately. If you're doing that or you're creating a risk of that, we're going to stop you from doing it. But you know, if you're not doing that, you should be left the hell alone. Imagine that. Even if, and this is the important part, even if what somebody is doing, we find it's immoral or unhealthy or unwise or unwarranted or not the best way to live. And look, right. we should all be free. And that could extend to all those things that are freedom thoughts. In there are many minds. things, right? Yes. There are many things that are unwise. Like, for example, uh, and I know uh, one of my lawyers, Andy, will disagree with me on this, but... I, I don't like the idea of jumping out of a plane that's flying just fine. That's just not my thing. You know, I I understand people do it and and, they live through it. And, you know, spending a time with your United States Marine Corps as a U.S. Navy doc, I can tell you I wanted to jump out of every plane the U.S. Marine Corps ever put me in as quickly as I possibly could. (laughs) And And I'm happy to stay in the seat. I like the landing as soft as possible. But, you know, this involves risk, okay? Right. And how we gauge the risk and whether the this is a good thing to do, these are questions individuals get to decide. True. My personal preference is, it ain't for me. <laughs> I may try to persuade you how to do it. I may say, That's Keith, true. you're crazy if you do this. But at the end of the day, I recognize 
that you're a competent adult. Right. And as a competent adult, you get to do things that I don't do. You right. get to do things that I think are unwise or immoral or wrong. There are many such things, right? It, so Isn't that funny how we have respect for competent adults? It all should starts have, with know. respect. Right. How are we ever going to get to peace if we don't start by respecting the equal rights of our fellow competent adult brother and sister human beings? Bingo, yeah. It ain't going to happen any other way. We have got to make a distinction between what is a legal rule and what is a moral rule. Right. For example, a legal rule to me is something that prevents somebody from violating the live and let live rule. Like, for example, murder or assault or theft. Those all violate the live and let live rule. We should stop you immediately if you're trying to do any of those things. You get a fair trial. But if we find out you did that, sorry, you violated the live and let live rule and we got something to say about it. You guys call that mala and say crimes, don't you? That's a discussion. Yes, there's uh, crimes that are wrong just because they're wrong, which in my opinion are crimes that violate the live and let live rule. And then there are crimes we call malum prohibitum type crimes. These are things that are wrong. You wouldn't know they were wrong, but just because the law says they're wrong. Those are the ones I have the problem. Right. Another way of saying it is victimless crimes. Right. If there is no victim, what are we actually saying? This means there's been no violation of the live and let live rule. So how might this play out? You'll find, by the way, as we analyze every single issue around the live and let live rule, every single one comes out the way it ought to come out to have a free and peaceful society and world. Like, for example, how would the marijuana issue come out? Well, let's analyze it. The guy... Uh, or gal sitting in his or her own backyard smoking a joint. Are they violating the live and let live rule? Well, let's think about it. Is that person initiating force? No. Or fraud? No. Or coercion? No. Are they creating a risk of such things? No. Well, then you might not like it. You might find it immoral or unhealthy or unwise. But if they're not violating the live and let live rule, Leave them alone. And you have to leave them alone if what you are desiring is freedom or peace. Because if you don't, you're violating the live and let live rule. When somebody marches into the backyard and grabs that person and says, hey, peaceful pot smoker, you're violating something. We're taking you to jail. Uh, Sorry. That's a violation of the live and let live rule as to that person. We shouldn't allow that. Now, what happens? I know that people listening are thinking, well, you know, this is terrible because what if people go out there and drive their cars and kill people? Okay, well, let's analyze that. What if somebody smokes marijuana, gets themselves high, and then drives a car down the road such that they are now creating a risk of harm to other people? Are they initiating force? No. Fraud? No. Coercion? No. Are they creating a substantial risk? Yeah, maybe. I would say you don't get to put other people at risk. Isn't this easy? Right. We should stop you immediately. Sorry, you don't get to put other people at risk. And anytime you do that, you're violating the live and let live rule. And we can apply this to any issue. Real easy. Right. You know, we should stop talking about things that don't matter. Let me tell you what doesn't matter. Should government be big? or medium size or small, my answer back, I don't really care. As long as what the government is doing is the one thing we need them to do, enforce the live and let live rule. 
That's right. what I need them to do. And I don't care if people are enforcing it themselves, right? Because if somebody is initiating force against you, someone says, Keith, I'm going to punch you in the face right now. You got every right to protect yourself. We call that self-defense. Right. Or your neighbor could see that and decide that he or she wants to protect you. And they have every right to do that. We call right. that defense of others. Right. Or the local cop can do that. The police officer can come and stop that punch in the face. That's fine. He's acting as your agent. Right. Do I really care that much if it's the local cop or if it's the state cop or even if it's the federal cop or even if it's the global cop? I got to tell you, I don't care as long as what that global cop is doing is just enforcing the live and let live rule. Think about the world for a moment. If that was the rule all over the world that you can do whatever you want as long as you don't violate the live and let live rule i can think of no problems at all that we would have with a legal system that was calibrated around that and i know there are many hard questions but they're actually not that hard to think through right. think about the the current debate about capitalism versus socialism right this is the big sort of debate du jour. There's a lot of people excited about socialism now. Apparently. Kind of hard to believe, right? Those of us who've right. been around a while, we've we've watched as the socialist countries have fallen, right? The, U, uh, the Soviet Union, why aren't they here anymore? Uh, hmm, what happened to Greece? I'm always fond of talking to elderly people from Eastern Bloc countries. Yes, they have a good idea of There's how socialism of works out. There, right? But to be fair, I don't take a position on any of this stuff. I'm like a broken record. You know what I care about is the live and let live rule violated. Right. Well, how does that apply to capitalism? And so I think really easy. So how would this apply to capitalism? Well, um, I would say as to capitalism and to socialism, both of them have versions that don't violate the live and let live rule. And both of them have versions that do. So capitalism, we might call it free market capitalism. There ain't no violation of the live and let live rule there. If you're a competent adult and you got something to sell and you can find another competent adult who wants to buy and you guys agree and there ain't no force, fraud, or coercion and one exchanges the item and the other gives money, okay, that's called free market capitalism. No violation of the live and let live rule. You might not like it. You might think it's a bad thing to do. You might not like the deal. Maybe the deal's for prostitution. Someone right. wants to rent their body. Another person wants to buy it for a little while. You might not like that deal. But if it's two competent adults and there ain't no force, fraud, or coercion, they should be left alone. It's free trade. Then there's crony capitalism. Right. Crony capitalism is when a lobbyist goes to the government and says, hey, you know, we'd really like it if you change this rule to help our corporation, to hurt that corporation. This is what the socialists don't, when they say they don't like capitalism, that's what they're talking about. Right. Crony capitalism. When the government forces people to, oh, you now need a license to do this or that or something. That violates the live and let live rule, doesn't it? Sure. We I should, we should absolutely. Violates our inalienable rights. We should absolutely outlaw crony capitalism because it violates the live and let live rule. This isn't that hard. We should talk about socialism. I know we got to go to a break, we but do. I want to make a few comments about socialism on the other side of the break because I'm not anti-socialism at all. I think socialism is just fine so long as, what am I going to say, Keith? So long as it doesn't violate the live and let live rule, right? That's, all, that's the only thing I care about. Right. And you guys are going to find, the people listening to the show will find, if that's what we care about and that's all we care about, 
we can get to a peaceful and free society pretty easily if we just live and let live. Spectacular. Hey, that's Mark J. Victor again, Peace Radicals, 97.3 FM, The Rattler, 1340 AM, The Bull, and thank you. And we're back again with Mark J. Victor and the Peace Radicals show. Mark, so tell us, uh, we were we I, left off. I left you with a, with a bit of a cliffhanger, didn't I? Just a tad. Is Mark Victor, the pro-freedom guy, the guy that's been preaching free market capitalism and your right to do this, actually going to say that socialism is okay? I don't know. T.H. White said it looked great on paper, but... You know what? I don't have to take a position on socialism. I may not right. like it. I mean, I don't care about that. What, the one thing I care about is whether the live and let live rule is violated. So like I said previously, uh, capitalism has a live and let live compatible version. We can call that right. free market capitalism. And then right. they have a live and let live not compatible version. We can call that crony capitalism. This is, again, it's where the government gets involved and makes laws and rules that and regulations that force companies to do this and that generally to disadvantage them so the donors the people who give the big money to politicians to affect laws they can get things done okay this violates live and let live so that should we should do every, if it violates live and let live which again is initiating aggression force fraud or coercion or creating a substantial risk of that you when you do that you're not letting people live and let live because i no. know one thing sure we all want to live and let live but if you don't recognize your neighbor's same equal right to also decide how they want to define and pursue their own happiness. Right. Sorry, you can't be a live and let liver. We got to be comfortable with the idea that other human beings might decide to live their lives differently, differently than we want to live. This is the big point we got to get over. I can't force other people to live the way I think is best. I should be able to persuade them to do that. I'll try my best, man. I, look, if you, I do not drink Coca-Cola. I think that stuff is bad for you. If you ask me, hey, right. Mark, what do you think? of? I'm going to try to persuade you out of drinking Coca-Cola. But I'm never going to be in favor of a law that tells you you can't drink big sugary sodas. So. <laughs> in fact, if somebody proposes one, I will stand up as somebody who does not drink big sugary sodas or small ones. I am anti-Coca-Cola, right. but I will be the lawyer who defends your right to drink Coca-Cola. This is, of course, assuming you're a competent kind adult, of, which sometimes of, can be questionable, right? Kind of a quaint idea these days. I know when we were growing up, there was a quaint, same quaint idea that uh, I may not agree with your opinion, but I'll fight and die for your right to keep that opinion. Yeah, you know, I want to say something about this. We we are really good in our country at singing songs about how we're the land of the free. And right. it's it's fun to sing, sing songs and to salute the flag and to have trinkets that show how free we are. But you got to be able to walk the walk. It's right. not just about talking the talk. Anybody mm -hmm. can talk trash about how we're so free. But unless you can be big enough to recognize that other people have a right to peacefully, and let me underline that, peacefully deal with their property, their body, their money, their property, their time, to live their lives in peaceful ways they want, even when, and especially when, we disagree with what they're doing. Right. I don't think it's wise to jump out of that airplane, even with the parachute, or I don't think it's wise to drink the big sugary soda. Right. Or I can also say, look, I think it's a sin against the Lord to 
uh, and engage in gay sex. I might even say that. Right. I might think prostitution is a sin. Right. I might think eating red meat is unhealthy. I may have lots of ideas about the world. All sorts of. Been Who am I correct. to tell you to impose my morality on you? Right. If we can't be big enough to recognize that we all have a right to decide for ourselves what is moral and what is immoral, what is healthy and what is unhealthy, what is the right thing to do and what is the wrong thing to do. If we can't get that in our heads, if we cannot support the rights of other people to do things with which we disagree, then we lose, we forfeit the right to call ourselves the land of the free. That's what it's about. Take right. speech, for example. Yeah, we love free speech. I think nobody think that's what our com- had in mind. Yeah, nobody complains about speech that's popular. That's not where no. you defend right. free speech. You defend it at the edge. Right. It's when that jerk wants to make a horribly racist statement about someone that makes you want to throw up. Right. you got to be big enough to get out there and say, that jerk who wants to say that racist thing, as long as he's peaceful... He gets Got a right, right to, to say it. it. Right. We got to defend the rights of people to say things that are disgusting. If that's what they're doing. No, if right. you want to be, that's the dark side of freedom. So right. socialism, how on earth can I defend socialism? Same way I defend capitalism. You can do whatever you want. Just don't violate the rule. Socialism has voluntary, uh, has a voluntary non-violative of the live and let live rule version. You're familiar with the kibbutz in Israel? Right. If people want to get together, competent adults want to get together and um, share commonly owned property, even pool their incomes and then decide communally what they should spend it on. Maybe they spend it on food or welfare for those less fortunate or health care or whatever they want to spend it on. They have every right to do this. They don't violate the live and let live rule. In fact, it's very easy now for people even in different geographic locations around the world to pool their money. You could be in Australia, another guy could be in France, another guy could be here in the United States and say, you know, we've decided let's form a socialist kibbutz. Let's all put our money into one bank account and let's decide what bills get paid communally. And let's do, we could even communally own property somewhere if we wanted to. There is no limit to people who want to voluntarily organize and form a communally socialist system more power to them. In fact, if they can convince me to join it, maybe I will join it. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. As, as long as people are free to check in or check out, right. then uh, there is no problem with socialism. But of course, like capitalism, socialism has a version that violates the live and let live rule. Well, what might that be? Well, that's the kind that's kind of like a roach motel. They check you into it without your knowledge and they don't let you check out. Right. <laughs> you're, you're part of it whether you like it or not. Right. Or did we let you know you're now funding this and that and the next thing? Right. Look, if socialism truly is a good way for people to live their lives, well, then people will voluntarily opt into socialist arrangements, right? right? You don't have to force people into them. So I would be against... Taxation of it. It's the big ta- thing. Taxation is yeah. a big thing. Taking somebody's money without their permission. I mean, you can call it whatever you like. Right. But if you take somebody's money without their permission, I would say that violates the live and let live rule. So I know people immediately hear that and say, oh my God, how could we possibly survive all of the wonderful, important things we need to accomplish? How could we do that without taxation? Well, there are ways. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have enough time right now. But, you know, I do want to let people know I'm writing a book. If they go to liveandletlive.org, you'll see there a book that says coming soon. I'm working on it. I'm about 80% done right now. And I intend to break this stuff out in very good detail for people to understand 
Yeah, how we can get roads and how we can get our kids educated and how can we can get health care and how we can get a justice system and how we can do all of these things without violating the live and let live rule. If I can convince you that we can get these things and we can still have a civilized society without taxation, do you think we could get people to sign up for live and let live? I think we could get people to sign up for, yeah. I know we can. If you're reasonable, you recognize that initiating aggression against people who are peaceful is the wrong thing to do. Well, just acting like a human being. Is right. Again and again through history. been And you know, it's... Good thing. <laughs> having, having just gone through, or almost gone completely through now, the Trump years, right? It looks like we're through the Trump years. Well, and whether you like the guy's policies or not, you ought to be able to at least agree that this guy could have done better in the class department. He could have, had he not called people a bunch of names and acted like a fourth grader, and and he did a lot of things to piss people off that were somewhat uncivilized, and I think he lost a lot of votes. He's an outsider, and that's why we put him in in the first place, I think. Yeah, but I think we found out that we need more than just somebody who's an outsider. We need somebody who's got the right ideas. I mean, imagine if Trump had been pushing something like live and let live. I think that would have been exciting as a fundamental principle. But we need to, the point I'm making here is we need to get back to civility. We need right. to be, there are some values that should not be part of the law, but should still be part of a global peace movement that are indispensable. I'm talking about things like open-mindedness. I'm talking about things like tolerance. I'm talking about things like voluntary kindness. I'm talking about things like a commitment to truth and facts and reason. And what about civility? We need to bring back civility. We need to be able to agree to disagree. We need to be able to disagree peacefully again. We need to be able to disagree respectfully again with other people. These are aspirational values that are intentionally included as part of the live and let live movement because you can, for the reasons we talked about at the very beginning, you can't get from freedom to peace unless there is some aspect of open-mindedness and tolerance and things of this nature. So I think we need to be promoting... And Quaint again, ideas in this country these it days. It is. And you know, you can be an uncivilized person, and, and as long as you don't violate the live and let live rule, okay, I guess we made progress with you. Uh, you're not initiating force on other people or fraud or coercion. That's a tremendous improvement over what we have right now. But if I can get you to adopt a higher moral position of open-mindedness and tolerance and civility and a commitment to truth and facts. And if you're wrong about something, say, oops, I was wrong about that. I stand corrected. I'm happy to be corrected. Yeah, we need to get back to that, right? If we're going to grow as a society and, and, and be the country that we really should be. We should be leading the world in this. We we were found, we're, we're maybe the only country that was intentionally founded on the right principles are, are many of the right principles, to be fair, right? I mean, uh, the founding fathers of our country supported slavery, so they were screwed up in some ways. We shouldn't revere them. They weren't gods. They weren't perfect. They made a lot of mistakes. But they were they were as good as we have had so far on the planet in yeah, terms of they didn't apply it right, right? They didn't freedom. when when yeah. they said all men are created equal, they they meant men, right? right. And they meant white men who were property owners. So right. they had the right principle, they didn't apply it properly. We need to get to the right principle, which is the live and let live principle, and we need to apply it properly. We need to apply it to everybody equally. We need to get past this most ridiculous idea that the color of a person's skin is an important thing. Like, I don't care. 
My, I can tell you, my firm. I never had, have. I grew up in my kindergarten class. Looked like the village people. Yeah, you know what? As our firm turned out, it turned out very uh, diverse. We got people here with radically different political views and, and moral views and religious views and different skin tones and all over the place. But I, it was no part of my decision in terms of hiring people. I sought out with one thing in mind. Who's the best person for my law firm? I've said an ad nauseum to everybody who's worked here. I'm right. not interested in the second best law firm. And people don't think we're the best because we got the best desks and computers. you got to have the best people. And so right. I have been aiming uh, to, when I hire people only for the best person without any regard to colors of skin or anything like that. Wouldn't it be nice if we got to a world where we cared as much about the color of somebody's skin as we do about the color of somebody's hair. And I'd like to think, I maybe I'm naive, I'd like to think that's where we're at now. I, you know, I... Well, I think I, it's always I, important I think most to be... People are... I think it's always important to be fair and reasonable and not overstate or understate the case. Look, there, there definitely are racists in the world, right? Oh, yeah. There Correct. are still... We should be fair about that. There are right. idiots out there who still think... What's important is the, is the tint in somebody's skin There's or where they were born. Ignorant people everywhere. Ignorant idiots. But as long as they're peaceful, they should be left alone. I will say that. You have a right to be an idiot as long as you're a peaceful idiot. Right. You should, and then again, there is no other alternative. If we want a free and peaceful world, we have to be, be at least uh, tolerant of other people's peaceful but ridiculous views. Right. We can't tell people what to think. But... I think we are living in a world that is definitely moving in the right direction. It's not moving in the right direction because of the government or the BLM or because of any acts that are passed in the law by Congress. It's moving in the right direction because people are getting wiser. They're figuring out, at least on some level, that this whole skin color thing, we don't care about this anymore. I think the average reasonable person in the United States doesn't care about this. And it doesn't matter what right. your skin is. There are racist of all skin tones Correct. and there are non-racist of all skin tones. And I think the decent right. people of the world outnumber the idiots right now. I and, think so. And I've th- always thought so. Yeah, I think so too. I, and I, I think we're moving, are we perfect? No. Do we still have instances of I think good outweighs evil though. I, I'll, I'll, I think it does. I, but right. evil can, evil can be a, spectacular kind of a lone at times. ranger-esque sort of thought. But. <laughs> evil can act spectacularly and I mean in a bad way, you know, and like when, when planes are flown into buildings, evil right. rears its head and a lot of damage is done in a short, short time. But you know what we identify as evil? I think we can say certainly violates the live and let live rule. Absolutely. And probably violates the values we're talking about. Probably right? does. Probably yeah. does. So um, I would definitely encourage people, if anything that I've said uh, intrigues people, if you're at the spot where I would hope you be where you are right now, which is, hey, this thing sounds interesting. But how would it all work? Does it really work? And could it really work? If you're there, I would invite you to come to the liveandletlive.org website. Check it out. There's a couple of uh, short videos there. Look at those. I recognize that's not going to put a lot of meat on the bones. There's a third video there. It's about eight minutes long, narrated by a good friend of mine named Charles Goyette, who used to be a, a KFYI, a morning drive talk show host on the local radio here. And he's a big live and let liver. And he puts a lot of meat on the bones there. And uh, soon my book will be available. I think we'll be taking pre-orders soon. You can sign up for the live and let live conferences. And I would encourage people, if if you do think this makes sense, get involved. Let's. We can't do a world move peace movement unless we get more people interested 
in the live and let live principle. But if you're tired of the same old R's and then D's and then R's and then D's and back and forth, and you know what? Nothing ever changes, not significantly. Well, I we, don't think I don't think we're ever designed to be a two-party system anyways. The system was designed to be a three-party system. We got to get on a different track. No, if, right and, and, and I want to leave the world better than I found it. And if you want to help us, if you want to get involved, if you've said enough of this stuff and, and there's a principle in there that actually makes sense that you can sign on to. And if you can't sign on to the live and let live principle, as I've explained it here, all we're saying is don't initiate force, fraud, or coercion and don't create a risk of that. If you can't sign on to that, either you're not thinking about it very well or you're damn unreasonable. <laughs> you <laughs> right. like initiating force against people. Right, so right. you should be able to sign on. The only thing left is let me show you how it actually could, does, and did at times work. We can get everything that makes us happy. Can we impose our morality on other people? No, we can't do that. And if you want to do that, you're not for a free society to begin with. We have to be more tolerant of other people. So okay. uh, I want to end by telling people that they can always get a hold of me. I'd love to hear from people, whether they agree or disagree. Me. I'm happy to hear people who, let's, let's disagree civilly. Let's, I can take sure. it. We're big boys and girls. We're Americans. The law firm is attorneysforfreedom.com. My direct email, you land right in my inbox, is just mark, M-A-R-C, at attorneys for freedom it's attorneys and then for freedom.com super easy and i'd love to hear what you have to say i'd love to hear your questions your critiques uh, but keep it civil if you're civil with me i'll be, i'm going to be civil with you no matter how you are but if you're uncivil i may not answer you and so but i'd love to hear especially people who disagree um, spectacular yeah and i want maybe we can look at some of those emails next time yeah, absolutely. It'd be super fun to read them and talk about them in the next show. And I'm looking forward to the next show. So it's been a real pleasure being on the air oh, with you. We're so excited, Mark. We're, I know we're excited to have you. I know our listeners are excited to have you. Uh, East Valley's excited to have you. Heck, Arizona. And this sounds like it's going to go global here pretty quick. Yeah, and let's be radical about being for peace and freedom. I don't make any apologies, right? Extremism and defense of liberty is no vice. Perfect. Right. And that's... Attorneys for Freedom Law Firm, Mark J. Victor, the Peace Radical Show. This is Keith Johnson. 97. Mark Victor, point, and we'll see you next time. 90, 97.3 The Rattler, 1340 The Bulleum.